check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent, here with Tim. On this episode, we'll look back at the win against DePaul and the loss against Creighton before looking ahead to the Georgetown and UConn matchup. Tim, how's it going this week? Uh, this week's been uh, a little tough. My uh, my daughter had a stomach virus for pretty much the whole week, which was always tough to try to manage that and then have to do work on top of that. It's kind of hard to focus, but you got to do what you got to do when you're a father, so it is what it is. And then, of course, uh, got to watch St. John's. <laughs> break your heart. Well, yeah. well, not break your heart the well, first game, but the second game. break your heart the second game. Yeah. As then it, I got sick to my stomach. So. As, yeah, exactly. Didn't we all? Uh, yeah, no, the week for me was pretty good. Uh, nothing crazy. Just regular school and work like every week. Uh, so this week, Tim, as we start to head towards the end of this season, uh, we have a rivalry matchup against Georgetown, I would say, a longtime rival. But it, it, I think it's lost some of its luster for sure uh, yeah. with Georgetown not being as good in particular. So I bring you this question. What is your favorite Big East matchup? It doesn't have to be St. John's, uh, but which matchup do you enjoy watching the most in the Big East season? Between two Big East teams, just to, just to be cleared. Well, so I actually have a split because I have a former okay. Big East. All right. Well, that's... Yeah, go for it. Why not? Yeah. So my former favorite Big East matchup was St. John's versus West Virginia. Interesting. It's a battle of your heart there, but okay. Exactly. So it 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 was tough, but I got to see the two teams that I root for. So my dad's from West Virginia, so I grew up watching West Virginia football, watching West Virginia basketball. He actually grew up uh, in East Bank, well, Chesapeake and East Bank, and East Bank is where Jerry West is from. So West great, Ge- great basketball ties. Oh yeah, naturally. So West Western University basketball has always been a a staple in my household as well as football, and getting to watch those games was one of my favorite things to do because a I always loved being at the Garden, and then I got to see the two teams I always root for. So it it was tough to do it because I. I I mean, it's got to be. I can imagine if they played now, you'd be in a tough spot. Yeah. Like previously, when you were younger, I remember you would always root for West Virginia. Although now, I I would be convinced that if St. John's played West Virginia, you would probably lean towards rooting for St. John's. So when, depending on the scenario, theoretically, because I started my season tickets when West Virginia was last year there. Yeah, exactly. So I had a St. John's uh, shirt underneath my West Virginia hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> See, the best of both worlds. Yeah, it was very tough. You won and lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but my current, okay, uh, it would be St. John's Scene Hall. That's a good, I, I actually think that's more of a rivalry than Georgetown, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It, I, it, because of recent history. Recent history. And, and location. Location and the the former players that we've all talked to always bring up Scene Hall being the team they hated the most. 100%. 100%. So the guys on the court. That's their biggest rival. Yeah. And, and you know, I think part of that is locale, right? Yeah. I mean, you're so close together. You're recruiting for the same guys. A lot of guys are picking between Seton Hall and St. John's. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that. I like that pick. I think high school. And- I do think that's one of the better Big East games of the year and, and certainly one of our bigger 
matchups. They, they've also been uh, big party poopers for us a bunch of times. They definitely have, you know, ruined our, our, our ride sometimes. Um, I'm going to stick with St. John's as well, but I'm going to go with St. John's and Villanova. Uh, Villanova's been the top dog, obviously, in the Big East for a while now. Uh, but over the past few years, we have had their number a bit. Uh, and I think we're at times a bad matchup for them. So I enjoy that rivalry because even though we don't win all the time, i.e. this season, um, I always feel like, and this was more so previous years when they had Jay Wright and they were, you know, really good. I always felt like we had a shot against them because of our scrappiness, uh, which is opposite of them. Now, listen, obviously we haven't beaten them that many times over the past few years, but I do always like that game because unlike the Xaviers who always dominate against us or the uh, Creighton who always outshoots us, uh, you know, I think the Villanova-St. John's matchup is a historic Big East rivalry. They've always been there. And uh, I do think that it's one of the better games to watch each year. So those that's what I would go with. I do like your Seton Hall one, though. I would have gone with that one had you not gone with it. I uh, just, you know, want to talk about a little something else. You know, I can't, I can't stick with exactly what you say, Tim. With Nova, uh, it was always the combo of having a really large guard that plays great defense and a center that can block, a combination of Obekba and Pointer, and the combination of Owens and Simon. Yeah, that's that's a very, very valid point. Anyway, you know, those are the matchups that you look forward to, and unfortunately, we've known more of those teams left, although maybe meeting them in the Big East tournament, so we'll have to look forward for those matchups next year. Let's get into the matchups from this past week. Uh, it was an up-and-down week, just like it's been an up-and-down season. Well, those are, are those are some fun matchups. Unfortunately, we have none of those left. Maybe meet them in the Big East tournament. Tim, let's get into the matchups from this past week. The first one on Tuesday was a win against DePaul in double overtime, 92-83. to We had no Curbelo in this game. Uh, second game in a row. Second game in a row. Uh, listen, it, it was a bit of a disappointing game because you, you're going, why did we go to double overtime with DePaul? But I do think that rivalry with David Jones having come over and now being back in Chicago for this one game caused a little bit more of a a reason for DePaul to play well, Tim. Yeah, it, you could see that they were really talking trash. Uh, never got too chippy, but they, they were constantly talking trash to Jones. And, and understandably so. I mean, yeah. it, it's hard to go in conference when you transfer, but I, that is going to be something I assume happens more and more as this constant transferring begins to occur. Uh, Let's get into the numbers a bit. We didn't play all that well, 37% from the field. 30% from three, though, 7 of 23. That's not terrible. Uh, You know, we'll take that performance. 81% from the line uh, is very good for us. We'll we'll certainly take that. Dominated the boards, plus 21 rebound margin. If we had that in every game, I think our season would have gone very, very differently. However, we lost the turnover battle. Negative 2 turnover margin which is not, which is probably why we ended up in double double overtime, uh, and not what you want to see against a team that on paper you're, you're better than. We had our normal starters out there: Posh, Wusu, Store, Stanley, and Soriano. We got to talk about Wusu, Tim. Wusu had a career high 24 points, 11 rebounds, not to mention per, the biggest shot of the game. Oh yeah, the three pointer at the end of regulation to bring it to overtime for us when everything looked like it was over. Right? It looked like we had absolutely no, no idea what the hell to do. So it, just to give you kind of a, a reminder of that sequence, DePaul goes up, they get the ball, they get a three with five seconds to go. Okay, they're now up by three. We, for some reason, that, which still baffles me, by the way, we inbound the ball 
and run up the court and call. If you watch that play at five seconds, when we inbound the ball and we ran up the court and called timeout, right? If you watch that sequence, there that play was so broken on both sides. The Paul wasn't playing defense. We weren't playing offense. Nobody had any idea what the hell to do. Had somebody just on our team, on St. John's, had somebody just pulled it together and gone and decided to shoot a three, they probably could have got a perfectly clean look without anyone playing defense. Well, with the when they were driving that ball up, I feel like a lot of St. John's fans were thinking the same thing that I was thinking of. Great, we're going to make a failure of a last shot like we have done several times before. Naturally. I mean, that's always the feeling for St. John's. Yeah. And instead, we got the timeout. We had Van Macon drop a play that was fantastic. I mean, it just, it was an incredible play because if you re- if you rewatch it, we did such a great job. If you were in the arena or if you're watching on TV, you 100% thought the ball was going to AJ Store. The players were talking yep. him up. The coaches had him pulled aside. We're just going over stuff with him. If, if DePaul was watching, I mean, they probably weren't paying attention to our bench, but if they were, it was almost too clear that the ball was going to go to AJ Store. To then go over the top to Wusu, who just bangs the three, an incredible moment. I mean, just absolutely incredible. And a little terrifying, right, if I do yes. say so myself. But at the end of the day, it was a, just a great moment to get us to, to overtime. Uh, then in overtime, we, you know, we pushed, right? So you get to double overtime. Yep. And, and we dominated in double overtime. They, we, they didn't score a point, uh, and we scored nine. So, you know, as disappointing as it is to be that close to DePaul, at the end of the day, we got the job done in a tough atmosphere like you talked about where they came out to play big against their former guy. Uh, and, you know, it, it was all led by Wusu and his 24 points. I mean, you can't speak highly enough of his performance in that game. Wusu had his career game. Uh, then he had Storr, first time back, playing in Chicago as a Johnny. Had 14 points himself. With our guards grabbing defensive rebounds in the second part of the second half, and then overtime, and then double overtime, really was a big change for us. Now we want we won the rebound battle, especially with uh, Anai going down with a hamstring injury right away. He only played about seven minutes. He just came back, went down, so they lost one of their big men immediately. Especially with how uh, how many blocks they had in that game, so it was definitely good that he was out pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, o- Oginda killed us. Eight blocks. Yeah. Basically, like the middle of their, <laughs> the middle of the key was was out of options for us. But we attacked. We got him in foul trouble. Absolutely. And we kept attacking, and we fouled him out, which we, was huge in overtime. Very, very good job there. Very good job yeah. doing that. Going back a little bit to your guard rebounding thing, it was all of our guards. You're 100% right. I mean, Wusu obviously had 11, but Store had seven, and Posh had eight. Store, really great reappearance for him in Chicago, like you talked about. Yep. Seven rebounds and, and three assists to go with those 14 points. Uh, and Posh, listen, I think this game is a is the kind of the perfect line for Posh. Now, obviously, you'd like to see him get 10 points, but at the end of the day, he's not a scorer. So six points, eight rebounds, seven assists. If you could add on five steals there, I think that's the ideal line for Posh Alexander. Now, obviously, he didn't get five steals in this game, but that's what I would say is the picture-perfect line for Posh Alexander. For you look at that, you go, oh, okay. If, if that happens for Posh, they're going to win that game. And we shot 80% from the free-throw line, which is always good to see for us. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, at any Jones time we had, shoot over Jones 60, we're what? good. Jones had 13 rebounds. Now 13 and 13. Yeah. Big, big, big return for Chicago for him as well. We were down seven and a half. We were down 13 in the second half of the second half. And at that point, we started rebounding. We started to break down the uh, the lead. We had Jones, who he had 23 shots. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of shots. To have 23 shots and make 13 points is a uh, that's a scary stat. That's like me trying to shoot out there. <laughs> yes, 100%. I do think a little bit of the emotions for him. Right, he's back against his former team. He wants to do it himself. You could even see at the end of the at the end of overtime, they gave him the ball to try to get that drive to kind of yep. seal the thing, and he wanted it so bad. Oh yeah. So that's why I think he kept shooting. He, decent day, thirteen points, thirteen rebounds though. A double double for him, he, pretty solid. At, at certain points of the game, when we needed him to actually drive and score one of those baskets, that if it was another person, you look at it and go, "That's a wild drive," and you go, "No, it's Jones' drive." So. Yeah, that's fair. I do. I do have to say the one, or not the one, but one of the negative things we did in this game, uh, our three-point coverage was disastrous. Javon Johnson killed us, six of fourteen from three. That is, that is a that's eighteen points just on three pointers alone. He had twenty-six in the game, and that was mostly the first half. Yeah, threes. I, yeah it, was. it was. We actually shut him down in the second half for threes. Yeah, we we did a better job in the second half for sure. Uh, but we this is you know a key. That first half, you look at that, that's a key example of if we were playing a three-point shooting team, we're screwed, right? Like if, if we play that style of defense, which is what we play most of the time. We did adjust this time, but how many times have we seen it where we don't make that adjustment and they just kill us in threes? Yeah. You know, uh, which is painful there was a, to watch. There was a lot of open threes. Tons, where tons of th- open threes. There was two in the first half where Johnson just squared up and you looked and they didn't even move at him. Like, you could at least ran just, like, kind of throwing your hand up and run past them and don't touch them just to act like you wanted to do some three-point defense. But there was two or he just stood there, and I think it was I think it was Wusu was staying there, looked at him and went, well, we screwed this one up. Yeah, I, 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 I remember that. 100%. They just let him go. Yeah, I'm just going to try to rebound this because I know we've got no shot at stopping it. But at the end of the day, it's a win. Right? Yes, I mean at the end of the day, we squawk, we uh, squeaked it through, yeah. and uh, and sometimes we, you gotta got to do that. Victory. Sometimes you got to do that. Takes us to our 16th win of the season. Uh, I know that number is lower than most St. John's fans would like. Um, it also secures uh, Anderson's streak. That's good because then when he retires or gets fired, then he can uh, go out. Yeah. He can go out with never having had a losing season. Uh, Look, so let's let's hope with, with uh, retirement it's a little cheaper. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. He won't retire though. No, he needs. He's gonna get the payout. He's he's not dumb. Um. Nah. So anyway, that uh that win gives us six Big East wins on the year. Uh, unfortunately, that puts us in the bottom four. Obviously, there's still some time to turn it around. Um, there's three more games to go. But before we talk a little bit about the Big East schedule, let's get into this next matchup against Creighton. Now, Tim, before we get to the Creighton game, even we kind of have to address the elephant in the room here. No Curbelo for this game, this Creighton game again. That's yep. three in a row. Four for the season. Four for the season, plus you have the addition of Pinzone being suspended indefinitely. Yeah. So with Pinzone, uh, for the people that didn't see, he made a Instagram story where he was talking up how great his high school coach at uh, LUHI was and made the statement that he's better than any D1 coach that he has had. Now, 
just a, for a track record, he's been at St. John's under Anderson, only under Anderson, so it's kind of obvious who he's talking about. Correct. But it's kind of the chicken and the egg. So did he post that after he was told he got suspended? Or was it he posted that and then he, he got suspended? Because that, that's two different two different styles. So was he staying up for Corbello because him and Corbello go way back, high school teammates? Did something happen there where he stood up for Corbello, kind of called Anderson on why, why are we still suspending him? Or did he post that and then the next thing happened where he's suspended indefinitely now? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. I, I certainly think it's not the best move by him regardless no. of the situation. Uh, players calling out coaches is okay, uh, but it doesn't bode well for your own future. And it's unfortunate, but that's the truth of the matter, right? Yeah. If Pinzone is upset with Anderson and Anderson were to come back next year, obviously Pinzone would transfer, right? The, yeah. However, his ability to transfer is dependent on other coaches seeing him as a player who's willing to come in and accept their management. If he seems like a kid who's a problem or seems like a kid who doesn't take well to coaching he doesn't enjoy, I, you, you hurt, you're only hurting yourself by doing something like this. Um, now, listen, I, I also think it's a little bit of an overreaction, perhaps, to suspend him indefinitely. Uh, but, again, I'm not, in the, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know exactly what's going on. You know, this team is certainly a bit in turmoil, though. There seems to be a bit of a player rebellion of sorts. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, we, we've been told Carbello is suspended for tardiness, right? Isn't that the official word or something like that? No, no, this time they said nothing. Oh, nothing. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Because Anderson's literally refused to even discuss the suspensions that's at fine. all. That's fine. So uh, well, we that, have no clue. Tell you the truth, that's better. At least they're not, you know, at least at least there's no report on it. Um but anyway, I, it's, it seems like there's a bit of a, a, a locker room issue. And I know a lot of the fans are not happy with Mike Anderson either. Uh, and I think it's always going to be a side with the players over the coach when it comes to something like a team coup. You know what I mean? I, I don't see a scenario where you're really hopping on the coach's bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Anderson <laughs> has called out the players several times this year. And compared to his call-outs of the players saying they're not doing what they need to do out on the court, and him acknowledging his own lapses in coaching, it's it's like a 5-1 to one difference. 100%. So, Absolutely. The, the balance there is certainly not correct. So you hearing a coach that is not adapting and blaming you guys and still not adapting, and you hear over and over again, kind of get sick of it, and especially if... You know, I get the frustration. Yeah, so I, I think that could be... and. Him being, let's let's say, Corbello has been ripping Anderson, uh, privately, right? Pinzone sees it, keeps seeing it, so he decides to speak out against him and post that, and pretty much possibly ends his career as a Johnny. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, but I wouldn't expect any change for the Georgetown Dwight. Anyway, let's no. get into this Creighton matchup. Uh, it was a disappointing loss, seventy-seven to sixty-seven. We Lost the game on Saturday. We didn't play bad, which I think is why it's such a hurtful loss. Like, listen, at the end of the day, we, going into the game, I said, it's Creighton. We're not going to beat Creighton, okay? Um, the real St. John's move of the game was that we put ourselves in a place where we could have beaten Creighton. And then you pulled the rug out from under us, and we didn't. 45% from the field, 40% from three. 
4 for 10. 81% from the free throw line again. Back-to-back 81% games. We lost the rebound margin, though. Minus 4. Hard to do. They've got Ryan Kalkbrenner, who's a 7-footer, uh, and a good 7-footer at that. And we were even on the turnover margin. Now, that's not terrible because it means we we, we didn't over-turn over. However, we need, a, and against a team like Creighton, we need to turn the ball over. We need to turn them over more than we turn the ball over. We can't be even and expect to come away with a win. Uh, so, Tim, what do you think happened here uh, that – we'll start with the positives. What did we do well against Creighton on Saturday? What did we do well? Well, we shot a better percentage than them, which is yeah. shocking, being a 10-point loss. But in the – so the first half we were down 10. We let a lot of open threes. They made – shoot, I think it was like eight threes in the first half. I mean, they look like they were the uh, the 2016 Golden State Warriors just shooting threes every second. But first eight minutes of that second half, our defense is operating. We are making them commit turnovers. We are pressuring them. We are scoring off turnovers, except we don't score enough in that first eight minutes. That's true. That, that eight minutes is, is certainly, I think, a positive because we played so well on defense. Yeah, we, we finally we took a lead. We were plus 11 in the first eight minutes of that second half. We broke through. We took the lead by one. Yeah. And then it was it. Well, the problem is we didn't get far enough ahead, right? No, but anyways, the one positive I, I thought from this game is was going to be similar to what you said, the defense. Our defense played extremely well in this game. Uh, we made sure that we held them to numbers that, quite frankly, we kind of have no business holding Creighton to. You know what I mean? Yes. With the way this season exactly. has gone. 38.7% from the field, which is low for them. I know that's not super low, but it's a low number for Creighton. 39% from three is low, really low for them. That is a number that they normally, against us, are super, super over the top on, uh, particularly because we leave three-pointers so wide open most of the time. Just look back at our last matchup in Omaha. Uh, they did shoot 100% from the free throw line, but you can't really play defense on that. Uh, but anyway, I, I think this defensively was a good matchup. And even offensively, like you talked about, we shot pretty well. 45% from the field, 40% from three. Those are good numbers for us. The difference really, Crane's just a better team than we are. You know? And it's it's hard to say that. But you're right. We didn't score enough in that time. And the reason we didn't score enough in that time is because Creighton's just a better team than we are. They were able to, despite being on a drought, continue to play strong defense and prevent us from pulling away, which is the make of a good team. With Creighton, I'm pretty sure they're going to push pretty hard for St. John's not to play him again at Karnasaka. We had a, which, great job by the fans, great job by the students. We had a sellout. Yeah. It was headband day, which is kind of disappointing to not have Corbello in. I well, mean, everybody was wearing he, headbands, yeah. though. We had we had Soriano and Wusu had headbands. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got headband night. You got to put the you got to give the uh, the orange glasses with everyone and do that. We had bobblehead night too. It was great turnout by the fans. Great noise by the fans. Definitely made it harder for Crayon. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they call up Craig and start asking about MSG. I, I, I think it was a great move by Craig to put them here. And a great move by Craig to make it headband and bobblehead day. He did a great job in the team. You need to give credit where it's due. You're right. The fans did a great job of coming out. I also think the athletic department, i.e. Mike Craig, did a great job of putting this game together. When you got big games, as promotions help. Absolutely. 100%. It was uh, first 500 students got a free headband. Yeah. 
and and it, and it showed. It was a loud. It was a loud crowd, uh, and that's what you want to see. And if we continue to do that, you continue to put teams like Creighton there. You know, listen, this is a game we could have won. Yes, and I'm I'm not sure that happens at Madison Square Garden. We're having a rough season, and we come out against a top twenty-five team and pull a great audience sound to help our guys, motivate our guys. And we're not going to, unless we win the Big East tournament, we're not making the tournament. It's a huge disappointment of the season. Correct. And the fans still came out, which if you're talking to Craig and you're talking to Shanley, this is why, this is why you want to make sure we're winning next year. We're winning in the future because our team will be supported by our fans. Yeah, when we play well, we support, which is good. Uh, the the other the hard part is, I think we could play better if our fans supported better all the time, right? I think there's a clear trajectory where that happens. If you the more your fans support, the better your team can do. There's sometimes where we don't have that fan support. This is not that example, uh, and that was another positive from that game. Not to get real negative, but we did lose this game. Yes, right. And part of the reason we lost this game is some you know critical mistakes in big moments. Kaluma killed us. He went on a 9-0 run by himself, hitting yep. three threes, um, which really put the game away, by the way. We were back and forth, right? We had taken the lead. We were tied. We were down. We were up by down, tied. Then Kaluma came on to hit three threes. To, 9-0 run took the game away from us. It, it's a, it was a crushing series, and they weren't all wide open. They, no. He had a guy in his face in two of them. Uh, it's just it's a crushing blow because until then, the game was certainly within reach. Uh, and once that happened, the, the game was over, and, and we were not coming back from down by 10, uh, you know, at that point. And the game was late. It was, you know, under four minutes in the second half. Yeah, we, we also shut down Shearman and a team that they their, top, their starting five is the ones that score all the points. Yep, they're they all had, double digits. They had 20 from the bench. They all average double digits, sorry. Yeah, yes. they had 20 from the bench, which is very shocking. Now, they shot from the bench five for 10 they shot they shot made five threes shooting 50 percent from the bench yeah i mean that's that that that's hurts a killer. us that's a killer and listen our guys had pretty good pretty good game jones 14 points off the bench talking about bench points our starters soriano led the way 15 points nine points for store a little lower for him than he's been recently eight points for stanley good night seven points for wusu well, and posh wusu and posh by the way Another great game. I know it's not 24 like Wusu had against the ball. Seven points, five assists, five steals for Wusu, though. Same thing for Posh. Seven points, six assists, five rebounds. Another good week for Posh. Combined with that, the Paul line where he did well. So Wusu was on Sports Center as well. Yeah, well, and that's always a big win. I do take it as a bit of a positive, though, because I didn't think we were going to win the game anyway. I do see this I mean, as. We this, were down this, three guards. We were playing Colby. Well, that's. Well, listen. Uh, Good thing you mentioned Kobe King. He deserves recognition. Five points, three rebounds in 12 minutes, which is more time than he's normally gotten. But he played well. And you like to see a kid, when he gets an opportunity, play well. And I think he did that. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, he's he came in. He had to play point guard along Wusu when Posh was resting. And he committed no turnovers. 12 minutes, no turnovers. Which our team will commit turnovers upon turnovers in quick segments. He played twelve whole minutes, zero turnovers for that kid. So that's a that's a great uh, great showing for him. Yeah, but now going back to what I was saying, the I think it was very good to see this team come out and play well amongst all the turmoil that's going on. 
yes. amongst Prinzone and Curbelo being suspended and the constant talk of Mike Anderson being fired or not fired or brought whatever to have the team come in, out and play a gr- good game at home in front of a good crowd was a real positive thing for me for me personally I thought it showed a it showed the gut to the kids right showed our team saying listen whatever is happening off the field whatever off the court whatever um, you know we're we're still a team we're still gonna play hard. Uh, and it's unfortunate we weren't able to come away with a win. But at the end of the day, I think it, overall it's a positive game for us, despite it being a loss. All right, let's talk Spotlight Player of the Week, Tim. Who do you got? I can tell you I will be voting for... Actually, you go first, Tim. So, last, time we were, well, last time we were on the same page. But. Yeah, so Soriano did have a big game, uh, both both games. Uh, 21st double-double with DePaul. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, he did not get one for the Crane game, which allowed Eddie to come in and tie it. So both of them at 21 double-doubles for the year. But I'm going to have to go with Wusu. He was a B's on roll. And his play in the DePaul game was so crucial. And his defense helped create that run, that 11-point positive run in the beginning of that second half. So... Without Wusu's defense against Crayon, I don't think we would have ever taken the lead. So I'm going to go with Wusu. Tim, I have to say, I didn't expect to be so in sync once again, but I too am going to ru- vote and say Wusu's got to be Spotlight Player of the Week. Average between the two games, 15.5 points, 8 rebounds, 4.5 steals, and 3.5 and assists this week. Just great week for Wusu. He had his career high on Tuesday, then came out and played really well and scrappy against a tough Creighton team on Saturday. He deserves it. I'm glad we're, you know, it's much easier without Craig and Nick here. I got to <laughs> be honest. Just, they don't even get votes when they come back. Me and you, we'll just talk it out. We seem to be in agreement. That's two for two right there. Yeah, that's it. You know, we'll keep the we'll keep rolling, hopefully. Hopefully we get the same one. Although, I have to say, AJ Store does some does get some recognition. He was the Biggie's freshman of the week. Yes. Uh, and well-deserved for him as well. Uh, I know he didn't play as well against Creighton as he against DePaul, uh, but still a good week for him. And glad to see the Big East recognizing our guys, even when we've been, had a bit of a rough year. All right, well, let's look ahead. After last week's up and down, win and loss, uh, we find ourselves 16-12 and 12 on the season, 6-11 and 11 in the Big East heading into the week, obviously. Fourth from the bottom, which is a Wednesday appearance in the Big East tournament. Now, obviously, three games left in the Big East. Now, just to be exact on the numbers here, Villanova is the team directly ahead of St. John's, being one game up. They are 7-9, and nine, we're 6-11. and 11. So, at, at the time we're recording this, they have an extra game to play. Uh, so, technically, there is enough time for us to get up into 7th. I, I don't know if that will happen. Obviously, it's a pretty tough three-game stretch here. We've got Georgetown, and then we're home against U- at Georgetown, home against UConn, and then at Marquette. Um, just to give you a comparison of the schedules here, Villanova finishes the season. They've got four games left at Xavier versus Creighton at Seton Hall and versus UConn. So, Tim, it, it is possible. I could see a scenario where Villanova loses three out of four of those, uh, which would be good for us. However, we then have to capitalize, right? We because of our because of the having lost to Villanova twice, we actually have to win two of our last three games in order to pass them. We get our first opportunity this week, though. Uh, first game Wednesday at Georgetown, 9 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, and 
listen, I know we beat them at the buzzer last time, uh, but this is a not good Georgetown team. 7-21 and on the year coming into this week. 2-15 and in the Big East. I'll, that's 11th. They're last. They're dead last. Primo Spear is their team leader. He averages about 16 a game. And Wahab leads their team with just over 7. I bring you back to that Georgetown game, Tim. 75-73, to we beat them the last time out. Listen, I know we had to hit a shot at the buzzer. I know it wasn't exactly what we wanted against Georgetown. Uh, but we got the win done, right? Primo Spears had 25 points. If we can limit him, we're going to be fine. They also shot 44% from three in that game. So now, Tim, I say our key to victory against Georgetown is preventing that three-point shooting. We bring that number back down to earth. They shoot in the 30s. I think we win easily. Tim, what's your key? It was kind of the same angle of we have to defend their guards with Primo and Brandon Murray. We have to slow down their guard play. Primo, every time Wahab or Cook will actually set a pick, we have to go above the pick. We can't go behind it because Primo will shoot. We fell for that several times. Primo shot four for six from the three-point line, and a lot of them were off of picks. So we have to guard the pick and go around it from the top. We cannot allow them comfortable shots at the three-point line this time. So defend guard play is the big key to victory for this matchup. And listen, again, they put us on the brink at Madison Square Garden. So this is not an overlook game. No. Uh, but I, we are a better team than them, right? Yeah. I mean, just, just mathematically, you look at the numbers. We're a better team than they are. That The same thing was true of the ball, and they took us to double overtime. Exactly. I just think that if we play the way we played this past week, uh, which I think is likely to be the same scenario with no Curbelo and no Pinzone, I think we'll be in a we'll be perfectly okay against Georgetown. I, I don't think we'll sweat the Georgetown game. I think they had their chance to beat us at Madison Square Garden. We go down and we take care of business. I know that's a big statement being so confident with this team. Well, in the previous game, we did not have our point guard, Pasha Alexander. So that will be a big difference. Uh, Absolutely. That was, that was something I was, I was also going to say is one of my big, you know, big boosts, I think, for this team. He played extremely well last week. I know he didn't have the points we all wanted, uh, but he, he got the job done like he's supposed to. He led the offense. He got rebounds. He got assists. He, he's a huge difference for us on the court. Uh, and if, if he can, you know, play the level he played last week, I think, again, he's our leader. As Posh goes, so we go. He doesn't have to worry about Corbello stealing minutes from him anymore. He doesn't have to worry about anything else. If he can focus on the game, that's why I, I kind of see this as a we're going to walk away cleanly. And I know that's a big statement, Tim. I know you were not pleased. Well, with you said you were concerned about this game. Uh, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Listen, I get it. Based, I, based off the I, season, I, I, get I, I feel like every game I'm concerned concerned at That's this fair. point that I don't have any comfort in any kind of uh, format. Quite, I would really wonder, so I don't expect Pinzone back. Uh, suspended, definitely, statement. Yeah, no shot. Don't really expect him back. Does Curbelo come back? Maybe. I mean, that's a question. You, I, now, it didn't help that. I may, they, I may I not bring Bra- him back. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Braziller asked him, what's he suspended for? He goes, I don't know. Oh, Curbelo said that. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, hearing that statement, I know Anderson heard that statement. I don't think he'll be back. But I, I would assume that's another, at least another game. Yeah. Right? 
and listen, you never want to see anybody suspended. No. But I do think having Posh Alexander back and able to focus as the main point guard and not worry about battling for position in this game in particular puts us in a place where we win it handily. The second game this week uh, is a much bigger matchup. It is Saturday at noon at Madison Square Garden. Against the team that is not on the Big East jacket of John Fanta. Good. They don't belong there. The number 18 UConn Huskies. That game will be on CBS. By the way, Tim, weird parallel this week. Last week on Saturday, we played number 18 in the country, Creighton, right after they played Providence, right? This week, we play number 18, UConn, on Saturday, right after they play Providence. Very strange. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's just pretty interesting how that worked oh, out. Oh, I, I really, I, being at this game, a noon game at the Garden against UConn. Final home game of the year. Final home game. I want this win so bad. And not just because, A, I don't like UConn. B, hate him. Hate him. B, it's our final home game. Going out with a victory is always the best feeling. Yeah. But C is the real real point of this. The athletic director tweeted at Craig asking if he could get his students some tickets to this game. Yeah, that was a silly move. I mean, I I don't really understand the point of that, but yes. Well, he's the AD for UConn. If we don't like UConn and he knows it, so he's going to kind of rip into us when we're having a down season. Well, we beat them once this year. Right, so we know it's possible. Yep. This team, this UConn team, is not in as good of a place as they were when they came against us last time. Right, I, that's that's kind of the easy way to say it. Right, the non-sugarcoating way, I guess you would say, to say it. When we played them in that first game, when we beat them surprisingly, they were sixth in the country. Right, they've now stumbled since that point. They've had a bit of a, a downturn in their season. They're still a very good team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but previous to that, they had only lost two games. Uh, sorry, three games. Then they had the loss to us, and that was in the midst of a three-game losing streak. They've bounced back a bit. You know, since they've played us, uh, they've they've lost to Seton Hall, they've lost to Xavier, and they've lost to Creighton. But besides that, uh, they've won their five other games. And they obviously play Pro- uh, Providence this week, so that there'll be one more game yeah. that has to be decided. But, but they're not in as good of a place... No. Now, we're not in as good of a place either, yeah. right? So it's kind they, of... They are uh, a 1-1 in February on the road, though. Well, and that's only winning by six against Georgetown on the road. So we'll see how well we do on the road against Georgetown. <laughs> it's kind of compare. Yeah, but... oh, that's actually good. Good point. We have a clear comparison. Yeah. So we're not in as good of a point. They're not in as good of a place. It'll be interesting to see how this matchup plays out. Now, just to give you a reminder... Sonogo uh, is their leading scorer, 16, almost 17 points a game. Same leading rebounder as him, uh, 7.3 a game. Last game, we beat them 85-74, to 74, okay, last matchup against them. We played extremely well, 52% from the field. However, this was before A.J. Store had come on. We shot 15% only from three, which means there's room for improvement there, Tim. So if we are able to shoot 52% again, and A.J. Stork steps in, and bang, bang, we get that number up to 30%, it could be a runaway. <laughs> well, yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't believe that. I know. But... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping I would love to see the UConn fans sadly walking away with six minutes to go in this game. That That'd be, be nice. Fa- that would be a great way. Uh, They'd leave before the under four. Oh, that would be spectacular. Great. But this team, Jordan Hawkins, has become a much different player than when we last saw him. He is getting several... 20-point games, making three-pointers. Well, he, he scored 31 against us. Yeah, but, like, for the re- like he's been consistently scoring in the 20s now. Yeah, no, no, he's certainly, he, he's had a better part of his season here, uh, yeah. just like UConn has, like, it, it, from it, that small he, stretch. He, he, tur- he turned his season around against us, 
Yeah. But now in the Big East, he's putting up mostly 20-point games, which and shooting the three well, which is we don't want him to be extra confident. He came in with less confidence against us. Now he's come in with more confidence. I don't want him, I don't want to see him make seven threes against us. No, so. no. And just to give you an idea, right? So I, the way I look at it is, it, UConn is very much Adama Sanogo, Hawkins, and Caraban, right? If you can, those three guys the last time out against us had 31, 14, and 16. But those are the only people who really played well against us. We they, we we virtually completely limited the rest of their team. Your Sonogo's going to score points. Hawkins is going to score points. If you can limit their amount of points and really shut down the rest of their guys, you put yourself in a place to win against them. And that's what we did in this in the last matchup with them. We had six guys in double digits, which helps. We also shut down their seven foot two center. I that's think that's the thing. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, that's. We played in the post so well, so well in that game, that we had full control of everything in that post, and Snogo was not comfortable enough to be scoring down low like he likes to. Yeah, I, I, I give you this question, Tim. Would you simply now? Obviously, we don't have Curbelo. He had ten points in that last game. We don't have Pinzone. He had twelve points against UConn. Do you come out and simply try to run the same strategy, or do you expect for them to have adapted to that? And go with kind of the approach we went with against Creighton. I would say we should adapt because we don't have the same amount of guards that we can push out there. That's fair. So I think how we approached the beginning of the second half for Creighton, where we create more pressure and we made the the ball handling by them a little more sloppy. I think that's how we attack. Now do I think we're going to come out and not adapt that way? Probably. I think we're just going to run our normal style that we ran in the last game, and I don't think it's going to be the same I mean, you're right. follow-through fo- throughout the first half. It's I hard. think we'll have a good start, yeah. but I think we'll like drown out. It's hard bit. to play the same game against them, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, we, we played so well down low against them. We shot 50%. It's almost impossible to repeat that game. You are right. If we can play like we played in that first eight minutes of the second half against Creighton, I think this is a game we can win. However, I don't like our chances, right? I mean, I, I don't think this is a game we win. But if you, Tim, if you pick, if you could pick one thing, I said this to you last week too, if you could pick one thing for us to do that would guarantee a victory, what would it be? So your one thing that, if we do this, we're definitely going to win. Hmm. So the one thing. It's I mean, hard. It's hard because it, there is no one thing. But if you say, you know, if if this one factor goes correct, we're going to be in a place to win. I won't. Even, I won't say you have to win, but if 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 X happens, we're going to be able to win the game. I think if we win the offensive rebounding battle by at least four rebounds, I think we put ourselves in a situation where we have the opportunity to win. All right, I like that. Because, I think that's fair. The thing is, if we make our baskets, our oh yeah, we rebound, shoot fifty two percent again. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to beat us. Yeah, if they're making shots, it's the rebound toll is gonna be a little off. But offensive rebounds where we need our second chance points, so. and we've struggled there recently. Yeah, I, I I will say the number for me the the thing for me which I think would kind of guarantee us to put us in a place where we could win uh, is three point shooting. If AJ Store has a good three point shooting game as well as the rest of the team, if we can shoot. 30 or 40% from three, 
How many threes, though? There you go. See, I'm glad you asked that question. I would say if we make above five threes, okay, we're going to be in a place to win the game. That's what I think. I think five threes is the number. If we make five, we very well might win the game. If we make above five, I think we're in, we're in, a, we're in a comfortable area. I do think that that's going to lead us to victory, mainly because if we're shooting that well from three, it usually goes hand-in-hand hand with shooting well from the field. And we have Posh Alexander, who's been really playing the lead offensive role very well. So if he's getting store the ball, or not only store, Wusu shooting threes, hey, maybe Stanley gets another one. Uh, if we're shooting three threes well, I think this gives us another aspect against a team we already know how to play well down low. So I think that it, that puts us in a place to win. Yeah, I mean... So the tough thing is you look at the stats from the last game, our 11-point victory on the road against them. A lot of these things we're, we're saying did not happen in this game, but it was also why this game was such a wild win for correct. us. Correct, correct. And But we're, I think at this point in the season, we're both different teams, right? Yes. I think that's why the answers are different than what, what went well for us last time. I do think, obviously, shooting 52% from the field is always good. Yeah, preferred. <laughs> yeah, certainly sign me up. Um, but I, I really do think three-point shooting would be, is going to be critical for us. Uh, and, you know, it's, gonna, it's, it's an uphill battle, so for we, sure. We need three-point shots to go down, and we need second-chance points. That's what we need. There we go. Those, those two combined, by the way, Tim, I think nail on the head, we come yeah. away with the victory. We need, to, we need to score more baskets than the opposing team. I there we put go. Put the ball in the hoop more than the other guys. Exactly. You know? I, I, listen, again, it's an uphill battle. Uh, but, listen, at the end of the week, if we're one and one I won't be surprised if we're two and zero. I'll be very happy next week. Exactly. Very, 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 very happy. If we're zero and two, we'll be very disappointed. Yeah, yeah that would. Uh, it's pretty much the week for St. John's, right? Uh, Every week is a is a roller coaster. You just gotta hope you come away with at least one win in the week, uh, and then you then you shoot par. Yeah, you're I mean, not happy. You're not sad. You're just in the middle. We shoot two and zero this week. Oh. Marquette, Marquette and Shaka Smart are just staring at us going, We're throwing a party why, why are you trying to ruin our number one, uh, our first Big East uh, <laughs> regular season championship for Shaka Smart? Like, wh- why are you trying to mess this up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly uh, if we go 2-0, and all of a sudden watch out now. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, to tell you the truth, though, if we were to go 2-0 and this week, Villanova might have to watch out because yeah. then we could, we could surpass them. Like I said, two wins puts us in a place where we can get ahead of Villanova for the seventh spot. Win, baby, win. That's it. But hope for a win. Uh, hopefully we all come out, support at Madison Square Garden on Saturday, because uh, it's a big one. It is a big one. I know it's the season's not as excited as we wanted. It's not going to be a tournament run, uh, but we hate UConn, so let's go out and make sure that they feel unwelcome at Madison Square Garden. All right, that'll do it for this week. For Tim, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.